0: Hello and welcome to the Luxembourg History Podcast, brought to you by RTL Today. My name is Tom Tutton and I'm your host for our first series. Today we're taking a look at the Habsburg Dukes and Duchesses of Luxembourg. We'll cover how Luxembourg fell into Habsburg hands, how the Spanish Habsburgs suffered terribly from inbreeding, and how the Austrian Habsburgs could do everything but produce male heirs. We hope you'll enjoy the podcast. So as we've previously touched on, the extinction of the male Burgundian line in 1477 and the death of Mary I in 1482 left the Duchy of Luxembourg in the hands of the four-year-old Philip II. His father, the Habsburg Maximilian, was left as regent of the Burgundian Netherlands, but he left nearly all of the administration of the region to a governor general, with governors in Luxembourg handling internal affairs. This started a tradition whereby the titular Habsburg rulers of Luxembourg would in reality spend little or usually no time in the duchy. In 1496, Maximilian arranged for his son Philip II to marry Joanna, the third child of Ferdinand of Aragon and Isabel of Castile, who had united Spain and driven out the last Moorish kingdom in 1492. This was not initially a promising match, but then Joanna's mother, brother, sister, and nephew all died in the space of seven years, leaving her Queen of Castile and the heiress to virtually the whole of Spain. Unfortunately for Joanna, things then got really quite nasty. Her husband, Philip II, died in 1506, allegedly poisoned by his father-in-law Ferdinand, who then declared his daughter Joanna to be insane and had her locked up, while she apparently refused to be separated from her husband's corpse. When their son Charles came of age, he would keep her imprisoned for another 40 years until she died in 1555. She's known to history, rather sadly, as Joanna the Mad. Now this Charles was none other than Charles V, one of the great rulers in European history. During his early childhood, he was known as the Duke of Luxembourg, demonstrating the enduring legacy of the Old House of Luxembourg. He soon racked up a truly extraordinary number of titles, starting with the death of his father in 1506 when he inherited the Low Countries and Luxembourg. From his maternal grandfather in 1516 he inherited the crowns of Aragon and Castile giving him control of all of Spain, as well as Naples, Sicily and Sardinia. Then after the death of his paternal grandfather Maximilian in 1519, he assumed control over most of Austria, Bohemia and Hungary and was elected king of Germany. To top it all off, Charles was then crowned Holy Roman Emperor in 1530. Now he did actually visit Luxembourg a number of times, conducting an inspection of the fortress in 1541. And in 1549, Charles issued the Pragmatic Sanction, which made the 17 provinces of the old Burgundian Netherlands an integral, indivisible unit, while retaining each province's customs and traditions. But ruling one of the largest empires in European history proved rather exhausting for Charles, and he didn't want his successors to have to face such a heavy workload. He therefore split his dominions. His brother Ferdinand would get the Habsburg crown lands in Austria and succeed him as Holy Roman Emperor. His son Philip, on the other hand, would get Spain, parts of Italy and the Netherlands, which included Luxembourg. So Luxembourg was now under the control of the Spanish Habsburgs, but this wasn't a very good thing. Charles V's son, Philip II of Spain, known as Philip III in Luxembourg, was not a hugely successful monarch. Under his reign, the extremely bloody Dutch revolt began, while he also failed to invade England with the Great Armada. One of the more interesting and successful sovereigns of the Spanish line was Isabella Clara Eugenia, Philip's daughter. Isabella had been so close to her father that he actually ceded the remaining provinces of the Netherlands, including Luxembourg, to her on the condition that she marry her cousin Albert, Archduke of Austria. Their reign was popular and sometimes remembered as the golden age of the Spanish Netherlands, with art flourishing and a measure of peace returning. When her husband died in 1621, the crown of the Spanish Netherlands technically reverted back to the King of Spain, Philip IV, but he was content to leave Isabella Clara Eugenia in charge as governor until her death in 1633. Philip IV of Spain, like his grandfather Philip II, spent most of his rule dedicating himself to fighting the French, with serious consequences for the Duchy of Luxembourg, which suffered its first partition in 1659. He was succeeded by his son Charles II, or Charles IV of Luxembourg, in 1665. Now, one of the darker consequences of the Habsburg domination of Europe was that they all started marrying each other to keep the dynasty together. The Spanish and Austrian branches, all cousins originally, intermarried heavily, resulting in real problems for the health of their descendants. Holy Roman Emperor Charles V had actually been the first to exhibit worrying signs. He suffered from epilepsy and was the first member of the family to exhibit the notorious Habsburg jaw, a physical deformity that swelled the size of the lower jaw. Unfortunately, this did not dissuade the Habsburg from the practice. Philip IV of Spain had married his niece Mariana, meaning that Charles II's mother was also his first cousin, while his dad was also his great-uncle. And Charles paid the price for it. His jaw was so deformed that he could barely eat or speak, and he suffered from chronic ill health throughout his life, to the extent that it was considered a miracle that he survived until the age of 40. During Charles's reign, he actually lost control of the Duchy of Luxembourg, which fell to Louis XIV's French troops in 1684 and his death in 1700 left a power vacuum in Spain which could only be resolved by a great European war, the War of the Spanish Succession. Overall, the two centuries of Spanish rule are usually considered as having been disastrous for Luxembourg, and they were disastrous for the Habsburg family too. But how did Luxembourg now end up in the hands of some more Habsburgs, this time the Austrian branch? Well, after Charles' death in 1700, Louis XIV of France claimed the Spanish throne for his grandson Philip of Anjou, the self-titled Philip V of Spain while the Austrian Habsburg and Holy Roman Emperor Leopold I wanted to install his younger son, Archduke Charles. This impasse naturally led to a decade-long bloodbath. The fortress of Luxembourg was immediately occupied by French forces in 1701 and held for most of the conflict under the nominal sovereignty of Philip V. Meanwhile, the countryside was once again devastated by marauding foreign troops, this time the British under the famous Duke of Marlborough. The Spanish Netherlands were governed throughout this period by Maximilian Emmanuel, the Prince-Elector of Bavaria, who was initially appointed by the Habsburgs in 1692 and fought against the French, but switched sides in 1701 to support Louis. For his support of the French, Maximilian was briefly made Duke of Luxembourg, but at the final treaties of Utrecht in 1713 and 1714, the Spanish Netherlands were granted to the Austrian Habsburgs. Philip V kept Spain, but the sovereign of the new Austrian Netherlands and Duke of Luxembourg was Charles VI, Holy Roman Emperor since 1711. His rule would actually bring a measure of peace to Luxembourg for the first time since the early 1600s. The fortress was reinforced further and the conflicts that did occur during his reign, such as the War of the Quadruple Alliance or the War of the Polish Succession, happily did not involve Luxembourg. The big problem for the Habsburgs in the 18th century, apart from the inbreeding which had killed off the Spanish branch, was their consistent failure to produce male heirs, which caused all kinds of chaos. To fully explain this, let's go back to Leopold I, who was Holy Roman Emperor from 1658 to 1705. He'd had 16 children by three different wives, but only two male sons survived until adulthood. The first, Joseph, was Holy Roman Emperor from 1705 to 1711. He had three daughters and one son, but the son died in infancy. Joseph then caught syphilis from a mistress and gave it to his wife, resulting in them both becoming sterile, before Joseph caught smallpox and died in 1711. He was thus succeeded by his brother, the new Holy Roman Emperor, Charles VI. But there was a complication. Their father, Leopold, had made Charles promise that if both he and Joseph should have no male heirs, the Habsburg crown would pass to Joseph's daughters first, not Charles's. With Leopold and Joseph dead, however, Charles VI went back on his word. In 1713, he issued a pragmatic sanction which declared that if he should have no sons, the crown and the Holy Roman Empire would pass to his daughter, not his niece. It appears that he had indeed jinxed himself, for he would have no male heir. His eldest surviving child was his daughter Maria Theresa, who inherited the Duchy of Luxembourg as well as the rest of the Habsburg crown lands in 1740. Maria Theresa is remembered fondly in Luxembourgish history as a competent ruler who sought to modernise some of the duchy's provincial institutions, but the start of her reign was marked by a titanic European struggle between her allies and enemies who contested a woman's right to become Holy Roman Empress. At Charles's death. The War of the Austrian Succession broke out, pitting Austria, Great Britain and Russia against Prussia, France and Spain, along with each side's German and Italian allies. And in the middle of all this was a civil war between the daughters of Joseph and Charles. Joseph's daughter Maria Amalia claimed the right for her husband, Charles Albert of Bavaria, to succeed Charles VI instead of her cousin Maria Theresa. During the war, Charles Albert was actually crowned Holy Roman Emperor, becoming the first non-Habsburg holder of the title since Sigismund of Luxembourg in 1437. In the end, a compromise was reached when Maria Theresa's husband Francis was elected Holy Roman Emperor in conjunction with her in 1745, and the wars fizzled out by 1748 without many further territorial changes. Fortunately for Luxembourg, the duchy had not been one of the principal battlegrounds of the war, in part due to French recognition of the difficulty of taking the fortress they had done so much to build up. Even better, with the diplomatic revolution of 1756, France and Austria became allies for practically the first time, and the Seven Years' War of 1756-1763 was thus fought far, far away from Luxembourg's borders. Incidentally, one of the consequences of this new alliance was that an Austrian princess was sent to Paris to marry the heir to the French throne. This Austrian princess was none other than Marie Antoinette. Now Maria Theresa ruled as Duchess of Luxembourg and Holy Roman Empress with her husband until his death in 1765, and she then reigned alone until she herself passed away in 1780. She was succeeded by her son Joseph, who would turn out to be one of the strongest supporters of the concept of enlightened absolutism. He wanted to reform the ancient institutions of his various domains in order to make his administration more efficient and effective. Joseph also had some liberal views. For instance, he sought to ban the use of torture and in 1781 passed an edict granting religious freedom to Protestants. These liberal views were met with huge opposition in the conservative Austrian Netherlands and in 1789 the Brabant Revolution broke out against his rule. Joseph promptly died to be succeeded by his brother Leopold in 1790. Leopold tried to restore order in the Austrian Netherlands from his troops' base in the fortress of Luxembourg but he was preoccupied with the storms of the French Revolution and then popped his clogs in 1792. The last Duke of Luxembourg was Leopold's son Francis. He would rule during the transformative period of the French Revolution, overseeing the end of the Holy Roman Empire and the Napoleonic Wars. But he also oversaw the end of the Duchy of Luxembourg, which finally expired in 1795 when it was invaded by French troops and incorporated into the French Republic. The five Austrian Habsburg Dukes and Duchesses of Luxembourg, whatever their faults, thus must be seen as a definite improvement on their Spanish cousins but better days would lie ahead. That's all we've got for today. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join us for the next episode of the Luxembourg History Podcast. This episode was written, adapted, and hosted by Thomas Tutton, produced by Martin Johnson, and brought to you by RTL Today. Hello, Josh here, with some corrections to the credits. This episode was written by Thomas Tutton, and produced by Theodore Georgiev. That's it. Tom will be back next week with another episode.